Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Michael Gordon, Part 2. Enjoy. The head coach, when you yeah, you see it with every coach, you, you've got your players, you've got so many personalities you've got to deal with, but then you've got your assistants, your strength conditioners, yeah. physios, doctors, everything, and then you've got the board, and then you've got it's like you, you're wedged between Huge. both elements, you know. Yeah. And I don't know how they do it sometimes, and that's why obviously the good coaches last because they know how to handle it. It sucks the life out of them, though, oh, doesn't it? Mate, like you, you look yeah. at head coaches, and majority of them look exhausted twenty four seven because it's like and an assistant probably work harder in a way because they're yeah. doing all the video like because I was always there before the players had the great Jim Dimmick with me he's someone else I would have loved to put in my dream team yeah um, but yeah because yeah Jimmy's such a, a character but like works his ass off but yeah we'd go and train in the morning and then we'd do all our video then the players would come and then we'd yeah video train cut that and then we're there after so I was like mate I'm at the at the stadium longer than when I was playing, you know, and which didn't bother me. It was like it's only forty minutes from here, sort yeah. of thing. And um, but it, yeah, it was. Oh my, I just don't know if I could <laughs> handle this, you know, yeah. cutting video and doing all that. But I enjoyed the the interaction part of like you'd train and then you'd you'd show them stuff on video and then when you'd go out and like oh look if you do this and they do that and then they'd go out and do it and it would work and you'd just be like fuck yeah I yeah. fucking showed you that you know like you'd get that little sort of kick out of it and um there was there was definitely an element of like the joy of coming That's from terrific. from showing them something yeah. and then cuz the the year I was doing it was when the whole COVID thing. So our yep. Reggie's boys weren't playing at all. Yeah. There was no competition. And so basically their game every week was the oppose against first mm. grade. And my job was to say we're playing the Broncos. I'd get the Reggie's boys in, show them the Broncos plays, like mm. how we were going to – so we were training as the Broncos. And then so I'd go out and I had Toby Sexton and that. So I'd basically just go, oh, look, Sexy, I need you to do this, this mm. and this. This is what Brisbane do off taps, dropouts, rah, rah. And he'd just make, go out and, and do it, you know. Wow. And, but that was their – that was their game. So they were coming out and they were fired up and they're putting shots on and this and that. And the A-grade boys were like, fuck, like, we're playing this weekend. Like, mm. take it easy on us, you know. But they were just 
had no game time, you know, so like this was their grand final every yeah. week. But I enjoyed that part because it was like they were my boys, you know, they were yeah. my boys. Like we're Broncos this week, let's go out and do this and do that, you know. So I, I really enjoyed that of because every team runs, yeah, basically the same stuff. Yeah. It's just done differently or different names for it for that. So I'd be like, Toby, we're gonna go out, we go. One to here, two to there, this is on that. And he just like, yeah, sweet. And he, he's like, I really rate him. He's so do a, I. Yeah, such a good player and, and just a good kid too, you know. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he's one of many guys that I, I don't think we haven't even scratched the surface nah. on him. No. Nah. Uh, and was under a whole lot of pressure last year in an underperforming side. And as a young halfback, I actually thought that at times it was probably a little unfair on him. But Toby Sexton, I, I think, is going to be a. 150, 200 game player. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, just a good head on his shoulders. Um, yeah, he's a great kicker, goal kicking. Yep. Like he's, he's a total package, you know. Yeah. He's tough. He's He's got a good footy sense. Like, he, yeah, it, it was – I loved having him because I'd just go, Toby, do this. And, it, yep, sweet. And, it, you know, it'd get done sort of thing. Mm. So just easy to work with sort of thing. Retirement um, hasn't been as cruisy, as rosy as you'd like. <laughs> in the headlines in 2020, mate, and for clarity, I'll read the charges you face, then I'll give your first-hand account of our discussion and your situation. So bear with me. The headline read, Michael Gordon has been charged over drug offences as a part of a major operation on the Gold Coast. Titans have stood him down pending investigation. The charges relate to possession and supply. Now, immediately, literally, and privately in a conversation with me uh, via message, you said, mate, I've made a huge mistake and I'll own it. That's a direct quote. That takes massive balls, Mick. Um, It's part of the maturing process, owning up straight away. But you were adamant it was your mistake. Oh, yeah, 100%. It was... (laughs) When I listen to that now, I'm like, far out, like, and that was the thing, like, I said all along, like, if, if I was actually dealing and doing the wrong thing, yeah. I would have just copped it on the chin and, mm. you know, and, and served my time or done whatever I had to. But it was it's those earlier headlines, like this cross-border syndicate, schoolie oh. supply, this and that, and I was just like, holy shit, like, you know, and when the police came here, it was I was in the kitchen, my daughter answered the door, they were all in plain clothes sort of thing and my missus was sitting there. She's like, I, I sucked in. She thought they were Jehovah's Witness. So yeah. So I've come over, I've answered the door. I'm like, fuck, what do you just want, you know? Like I was just, you know, I think it was a Saturday morning or something like that and, and they're like, oh, you know, Mr Gordon, rah, 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 we're, we're here to arrest you. And I was like, what? Like what? Like I was bewildered, like absolutely bewildered. You're you looking know? for a camera somewhere, someone's doing Oh, man, I'm like. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't understand, but, yeah, come on in, rah, rah, rah. And then they've basically gone to me, missus, grab the kids, like, you can go, you know, yep. we've got to have a chat to him, rah, 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 sort of thing. And I was just like, what? Like, I just, I, mate, I was like so, I don't even know the word to describe it. I was so just, like, shocked, but, like, going, like, what are you fucking talking about, yeah. you know? And, like, I'm like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, have I done something Stupid, like, and don't even remember RR. I'm like, no, nah, like, nah. we've been in COVID. Like, it was like, I think it was a week, no, maybe a couple of weeks after my birthday and Halloween and that sort of stuff. Like, we weren't really allowed to do much, you know. I was yeah. like, anyway, so they're like, yeah, we're charging you with um, uh, two counts of supply and possession. And I was like, huh? what supply? Like, literally going, what, like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, we've got this phone and your number's on it for text messages, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, righto, yeah, sweet. Like, yep. 
And then they're like, oh, have you got anything? We've got a search warrant, rah, rah. And I'm like, yeah, mate, search the house, whatever. And, uh, you know, me being paranoid, I, I had the smallest, it was, I think they weighted at point. Zero three of a gram of cocaine, yeah. which I'd had from Halloween, and then um, I, I took them straight to me spare room. I said, yeah, "It's there." I wasn't trying to because I was like, just like probably naive, just be honest, and yeah. thinking like I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. So, like, I'm not getting in trouble for that much, surely. So, yeah, I'll take it. You mm. know, like it, whereas looking back now, I should have just been like, you know, search the house. Like, yeah. If they'd have found, I would have been, oh, well, you got me, sort of yep. thing. And it was just like I was just so dumbfounded i just like literally was in shock you know and um so my missus went they didn't search the car let her took a phone she took the computer all this and i'm just i'm just like like something's not adding up here right eh? yeah. and then um i go and they go oh, we want you to come in for some question i'm like yeah sweet all right so where are we going Tweed police station all right i'll grab my car i'll meet you up there and they're like no nah, no nah, like we're gonna put you in handcuffs and i'm like <laughs> i'm like are you serious? And they're like, yeah, well, because if you run away, none of us are going to catch you. I'm like, you're in my fucking house. Yeah. Like, I'm like, where am I going to run to? So I'm just like, again, just full heads just falling off completely. I bet it is. And just not knowing, like, I'm like, fuck, like, what, what is going on here? So I'm like, all right, sweet, here, they put the cuffs on. And, I, and all I was thinking was, fuck, I wonder what the neighbours are going to think of me. <laughs> yeah. Because they rocked up in, like, playing clothes and playing cars and that. And then um, I don't know if any of them saw me, probably did. But And then when I come out, I saw a camera there and I went, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, They'd tipped off the local news station. No, it was a recorder for the police oh, people. Oh, it was the police recorder, yep. But um, they were just sitting there waiting for me and filming me the whole way out and this and that. And I was just like, oh, well. Did that end up on TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it did. And then... We miss her straight away. She's peeking, of course, and then so she rings me dad because my dad's a correctional officer. So she's like, "Well, yeah, he'll know what to do yep. at least," sort of thing. And she's rung him in hysterics and rah rah rah. And so I've gone to the oh. police station, sat there for I don't know four or five hours or whatever. Went in and somehow my dad had got onto a lawyer. They rung the police station. I was because they're like, "Do you want a lawyer?" I'm like, "No, I'm like I'll answer whatever you want. I've got nothing to yeah. worry about," sort of thing. And anyway, I get a phone call saying. Oh, your dad's on the phone. Speak to this dude, Rara, and he's just like, just don't say anything, you know. And I was like, okay, yep. sweet. So, went in the interview room. They asked me all these questions, showed me the the text messages, and again, I was just like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, look, I've got to politely decline as advised by my yep. lawyer, sort of thing. So that's all I said. Interview was done, um, and then my dad come pick me up and. He was like, because I, I used to smoke a lot of ciggies when I was playing yeah. and um, hadn't smoked in ages and I get in the car and he's like, here, take one yeah, of these. Grab so one. I'm sitting there sitting in the car. I think yeah. I lit the second one with that one. I was just like, <laughs> fuck, what just happened? You know, yeah. like full just like, oh. was so rattled because like even the, the messages they show me, I was just like. And then the, I got the police sheet and it was like, they, so basically what had happened. So I was getting a little bit here and there. Um, you know, again, purely for personal, the two text messages they intercepted was my birthday and a week later on Halloween. And we always have this, they block off the street. We have this massive street party, yeah. kids, like it's just a, a so good neighbourhood. So you were occasionally and socially using yeah. it? Yeah. Hey, legends, we're getting close to 500 episodes. 500 episodes of Rugby League Gold that you can't or won't find anywhere else. The best thing about Unfiltered None of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. You can listen to any episode at any time 
it'll make sense. Time to download the entire library of legends. And and I'm not I'm not making an excuse. The only probably main thing why I sort of was dabbling a bit was because at the end of that 2020 thing, because we were in Queensland, so when we'd come back from footy, we weren't allowed to go to the shops. I had to isolate from the kids, like oh, you know, like crossing yep. the board. So I was just like mentally, I was cooked. Yeah. But again, yeah, I'm not saying oh that's why I done it rah rah. Like I was. Yes, boozing and then be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'll just yeah. Yeah, do it. I'm not playing anymore or yep. whatever sort of thing. So, again, I'm not condoning what I was doing, but it was purely me being an idiot yep. and not harming anyone else. And then, yeah, when I saw the thing, was like there was – they intercepted the phone who he duplicated it and it was – what I found out was all these kids around here were selling coke basically and one of them got pinched and – my phone number come up as Mick Casarina or something like that, and then they've yeah. I, again, I've heard different stories that yeah. one of them got pinched and spir- um, um, turned on everyone else, right, whatever sort of thing. And then when I was looking at the thing, it was like so they had these phones. They intercepted thirty five thousand text messages, and I had like a couple on there, you know. Jeez. So I'm like, yeah. But you admitted to the possession part as you you just have. Yep. You owned up to it. You owned it. Yep. The supply headlines and the betrayal that you were. A drug kingpin. Oh, <laughs> where and how did that come from? Oh, again, it, it was just like so. The, the the people that actually were caught dealing were yeah. Again, they were just local kids yep. doing dumb things. They were twenty twenty one, you know, yep. just being young idiots. I don't even think they were doing anything on a mass scale or whatever. Yeah. But just you know, probably sending photos to their friends, doing mm. as you do dumb shit as as little kids. Yep. So so I just basically. And, again, whenever there was the headline, it was like the whole story was about them but it was my name and my <laughs> face and yeah. picture and all that. And, you know, the two text messages that I they tried to get me for was the one was on my birthday. I was basically walking to the bar down uh, – the pub at, at Salt there and I was walking down I'm like, well, because all the kids and that were here, I didn't want – because I used to just go, hey, mate, are you local? Yes or no? All right, can you just drop one in the letterbox? Yep. That was my – all I'd ever write, okay. nothing else, like because I didn't want to be, you know, transaction seeing this and that. Yep. I was always trying to keep it as DL yep, as possible. Discreet. So I'm like, oh, I'm on my way. Can I'm going to meet some mates? Can you just drop it in this letterbox at this address? Yeah, yeah. You know? And that was basically, yeah. There was a little bit of back and forth, but nothing. And even when I got there, it was there, and I texted him, said, "Thanks, mate. I owe you one." And um, so they were like, "Oh, you're getting it for a friend or whatever." And I'm like. No, I wasn't. But like, even if I was getting like, and then, yeah, and then the next one, the week later on um, Halloween again, I'd been yeah pretty boozy and and using a little bit, and yep. um, I can't remember some conversation come up about um, LSD or MDMA or something like that, and then I'm like, oh, I've just literally sent a, me- a message. Hey, you don't have any MD, do you? The answer was no. So I just went, oh, good, ask him for a mate. Yep, and that was it. I never pursued it anymore. That so, was it because I said ask him for a mate. Yeah. You know, that was my throw-off for whatever sort of thing, you know. Yeah, because when you've been told, now you go, oh, no, I'm just asking for a yeah, mate. You know? so, yeah, And then they were like, oh, you were trying to source it for a mate. And I'm like, yeah, but they said no. Like yeah. I didn't pursue it anymore. Yeah. I didn't ask anymore. So that's where the, the supply allegation. So they called okay. it knowingly supply. And then um, and then even when I went to oh, – the, the worst part was the whole court process because I got arrested in November. It was meant to be done before Christmas that year. Mate, I'd go to court, I'd get adjourned, I'd go to court, I'd get adjourned. Oh, it just drags on. Two years. went for Was it really? Over two years, yeah, or just under two years. Like literally 
every time I go to court, it was like ten grand. I'm like, I, I don't have this sort of money, you know, because yeah. like, like I got offered a plea deal every single time. Like, plead guilty, we'll drop it all. No conviction, no enough. And I'm like, no, fuck this. I've come this far. Yeah. Like, I'm 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 trying to clear my name here. Yeah. Like, I've I've been tarnished forever. I can't get that back, mm. you know. I'm like, I'm, I may as well at least fight till the end now. Yeah. So, and then even when I went to court and I finally, you know, and the lawyers would do their thing and I was the only witness. There was no no police evidence. There was no nothing. So no evidence, no photos, no nothing. So I'm the only one that has to get on the stand. And, mate, I was like shaking under the yeah. table. I was like, mate, I've never been to court, in a courtroom before or anything like that. Wow. Fucking sweat yeah. my ass out, and I had a suit on. And I'm shaking under the table. I'm, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just literally answered these questions as I'm sort of telling you yeah. now. Like, this is my interpretation of what you're reading on a text message. Like, this. Like, I'm not trying to make yeah. up stories or anything. This and that. This is my version of events. Like, I can't do any more sort of thing. And then even the the cross examination sort of thing. So it was like my lawyer had asked me questions, and then get cross-examined. Then they have a crack, yeah. Then that was it sort of thing. And then because we'd done – well, I, again, I don't know lawyer talk, but I felt like we'd done such a good job. Yep. We were about to – they were about to sort of sort it all out and then the pros- prosecution comes over and goes, hang on, we want to um, like do this, this and this. So basically they tried to change their charge and then even our lawyer and the judge is like, like I don't – they all started reading through it, like, I don't know if you can do this sort of thing. Wow. So, like, they were all confused. So, basically, what they they went from me supplying friends to they wanted to charge with me supplying myself. So, yeah. That's a bit hard to do. Well, now apparently there's precedent somewhere before wow. where someone got charged for buying something for himself and got charged with supplying himself. Supplying so, oneself. So, yeah, that was, and then, yeah, they, then of course it got adjourned again. So, then we, you know, a couple of weeks later come back and finally got it all. Like the the main part after that was I didn't have to get up on the stand again. So yeah. I was just like, oh my god, because that was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Like sitting up there, I bet. And then um, yeah, so then went back and the lawyers do their closing arguments, rah rah sort of thing, and um, yeah, and then end up uh, no fines, no convictions, no nothing. So it was like I think I, I think they charged me guilty with one of them, but I was like, man, all I wanted was. No conviction, yeah. And basically, I was just like, yeah, I, I've done my bit. I can't say anymore or convince anyone otherwise. Yep. I'm just like, I just wanted to have my my day in court, and in the end, yeah, just get no conviction. That was the main thing. So, yeah. Some would say the damage has already been done. Oh, mate, it was well and truly like that. Yeah, like I told you earlier, I had to take the kids out of school. Yeah, just been <laughs> they were camped out the front here for ages, and then um, my neighbour over the back, Jimmy. He's like, all right, I'm going to pull up. And he's pulled up. We've run and dived in his car, drove around, drove into his garage. Just, I felt like Harrison Ford and the Fugitive, wow. you know. And poor Hank, I've left Hank here and they they knew we weren't here so they've come in, they've opened the gate and they're knocking on the door and, of course, he's sitting there barking and they're like, oh, look at this vicious guard dog, you know. Oh, and, then, and then they're down at the coffee shop and they're filming down there and it was, yeah, it was just oh, – and the, the worst thing, like, so the media stuff was bad. One of the worst things that come out of it was – because like me, some plays footy down at the Raiders, my yep. junior club. I was, yeah, you know, president, captain, coach, all that. Basically, I got slung with this rule from New South Wales Rugby League. I don't know why or who was so adamant of getting at me. I don't know if it was the local clubs that hate us, you know, yeah. whether it was Coogan or Wollongong. I, I won't say that, but um, <laughs> but so I get this literally the day before my, I think my first. I don't even know if I was meant to play. 
no, I wasn't playing because I was injured. But the first game of the season, I get a phone call the day before from he was, I can't remember his name, but he was a fuck with this bloke from New South Wales Rugby League, well, uh, saying you've been stood down from all duties, you can't volunteer, you can't do this, you can't play, you can't coach, rah rah. And I'm like. And they're like, because you were charged with a criminal conviction, rah, rah, um, you know, we, we don't allow players who are potentially facing jail time. I'm like, I'm playing against fucking bikies, people who yeah. have been in jail. I'm like yeah. this, that. And I'm like, if you were standing down any player that was been in jail or done anything yeah. serious, there'd be fucking no comp in no New South here. Wales. Yeah. And I'm like, so it was just like, it was, and because this was still reasonably early days and I'm just like, it just felt like, Everything, like I was trying to do, like I was trying to do the right thing, volunteering down there all the time. Like I don't get paid down there. It's mm. like my junior club. I'm doing it for the love. I'm trying yeah. to give back to the local area, which is like something I've always wanted to do when I finish was come yeah. back, play for my junior team and and help out down there. And just it was just felt like I just kept getting a kick in the guts after yes. kick in the guts. And then I get a letter from the bank saying, um, yeah, your bank's getting closed down in – four weeks or something, get your money out. And then I was like, I got one originally and I was like, oh, that was a bit weird, but it was an account I didn't use a lot, so I was like sort of brush it off. Yeah. Then it happened with another account. Then it happened with the coffee shop's account. So three banks I got shut down and then um, I'm just like – and because uh, I was talking to a lawyer about this. I'm like, he's like, mate, if they shut down every person I represented, like no one would have bank accounts, you know. Yeah. So it was just like what he was saying was because – so this was before all the, the verdict and everything. He's like, because the cop's case, what he believed was so bad, he's like, what they'll try and do is punish it out of court. So yep. they 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 can – and me mate who is me um, broker down in Sydney, he's got contacts like real high in Westpac. And he's like, mate, they just get printed a list. They don't even have to give you a reason or whatever. They just go, yep, 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 yep. So I've just – They just yep. cancel the whole list of accounts. Yeah, just no, no reason, no nothing. They can just cancel you at any time. Pertec has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertec. I'm Does sorry. it feel like your world's collapsing? Oh, yeah, it was horrible. Like it just, it just like I felt like I couldn't do anything because, like, yeah, getting your bank account closed down is not a big issue. You can go and open another one, but I couldn't open one with any of the big four. So I'm back with me local credit union. Wow, <laughs> power to the people. And um, but just little shit like that. It was just like so annoying, eh? Like, what about those around you? Because, mate, you're. You've always been a really cruisy and, and from my seat, pretty really calculated young bloke. Um, and I think that probably goes back to your folks. But you're really cruisy. You think things through most of the time anyway. Um, but to see others getting affected by it, I reckon that would sting. Yeah, that that was probably the hardest thing because, you know, obviously young kids, misses, family, friends, yep. all that. Um, 
the thing that sort of helped me the most through everything is like I've been and I have been my whole life blessed with the bestest friends. Like how good's that? Even my mates I work with now, I've known them since kindergarten. Like all like even while I was playing footy in Sydney, like I'd talk to the boys that I'd play with. I'm like, yeah, going home, seeing me mates. Like yeah. half of them weren't even friends with their mates in high school, you know. And I'm like, yep. I've known these blokes since kindergarten, known them all the way through high school. Wow. We're still super close. Like, yeah. and obviously you get new friends along the way, this and that. And um, that's one thing. Like, if if one of them ever come up and questioned me or said anything, I would have, yeah, been like, fuck, like what what yep. have, what have I been doing? You know, have I been thinking like I'm doing it? But not one of them ever questioned it, you know, and. That's even, mateship, isn't it? Mate, 100%. And even one of my mates would get like, you know, once a week or whatever, he'd go, all right, everyone would meet and not tell me, get everyone meet down at the coffee shop and they'd come down and support the mm. coffee shop, you know, stuff like that. And it was just, mate, I'm truly blessed with some of the best friends. Do ever. you have people boycotting the coffee shop or boy, boycotting the Gordon family? No, not that I could see. I know there was, um, you know, like the local Facebook community pages and that. There's one called the Boggan Guardians. Um <laughs> And then the dude who moder- uh, like was the moderator put on this one of the articles and all my mates were on there going, fucking take that down. Yeah. You don't know the full story, rah, rah, rah. So, and that was like because even like the kids at school, we'd, I went and talked to the teachers and like they were all really good about it, you wow, know, because I, I sort of explained everything and they yeah. all sort of knew what I was like anyway. So it wasn't like they were all going, oh, you know. And I reckon it probably might have affected some of the kids and their parents potentially. Mm. But, like, I didn't see a lot of it personally. Yep. But, like, yeah, whether they wouldn't let their kids come over for a play or whatever, potentially, you know. Yeah. But, again, I didn't see it. And um, and if it did, I I've, yeah, I'd probably feel more for the kids than anything, you know. So Have you been able to move on? Obviously hard to, but have you been able to move on? I have. And, um, you know, and, again, it wasn't until that court thing, like the final court thing, because it's like it, – because it went for two years. Like I'd go, two like, years. three or four months where I wouldn't even think about it and then – Something had come up and then like when I like even like now talking about it, I'm like, it's fucking laughable now, just yeah. like how ridiculous it was and like the whole process and like it it nearly killed me financially. Like it just it fully broke so much of what I was trying to build, mm. like and that sort of thing. And it just like, you know, and I had this, yeah, you know, I don't I'm not too fussed with my image sort of thing, but like I've I've always been me. I'm always like Happy, I'm um, yep. outgoing, I'm cruisy, I'm nice to people. I'm like, I've always just tried to be a good person, you know. Mm. So, again, like people can judge me and say, oh, yeah, I always knew it, are these footballers, well, right? and yeah, it comes with the territory sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, that was probably the hardest thing is like that, that side of it, like anyone that didn't know me, sort of, you know, going, oh, yeah, typical or whatever. But again, you can't control what people think. So, the scrutiny you were under was both invasive, it was potentially extremely harmful. We live in in a game and a society where mental health is such a spotlight thing. Um, how's the headspace, mate, now? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better now. So, And like, it's like that, I, I didn't say one thing publicly the whole time, yeah. so I waited a long, long time and then, again, what do you do? You put on an Instagram post or something like that. So. Mm. I waited till it was done legally and then I'm like, I just want to say my piece and I, I'm pretty sure I even said, look, I, I know I made a mistake. Mm. I've done the wrong thing. All I've tried to do is you know, own up for my actions, rah, rah, I'm not trying to blame anyone. I, I'm owning it. All I just wanted to say was what the media said was not true. Yep. I did the wrong thing. That's it. I just wanted to have my say. And and, was- and you, you will have your say. I'll read that Instagram post. This is a direct quote from you just to give this a bit of context. 
You said, I got the result I wanted in court, no fines, no convictions, but I certainly don't feel like a winner in any of this. I'm not for one second trying to play the victim card. I made the mistake, but I've had to sit silent for two years and copped it from the media without saying a word publicly. I'm seriously blessed with the most amazing family and friends that know the real me. All I want to do now is move on with my life. You've been able to, and that's the positive. Mate, that's, yeah, pretty well written. And then the, the funniest thing was <laughs> after that, I saw one of your mates, as they do, he sends me this newspaper article that fucking the great Buzz Rothfield had written going, own up to your actions, Michael. And I didn't write anything. I'm like, I'm fucking pretty sure that's what I just that's did, you know. That's what you just done. Yeah. And yeah. it was like he's, it just was like he wanted his little newspaper article, you know, own up to your actions. And I just, yeah, laughed at it because it's like, um, yeah, I'm done. I've done now. So You'd always had a good relationship with the media. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's 2023. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. And that's the world is, you know, sensationalism, you know. Yep. Uh, what do you call it, bloody catchy headlines or clickbait. 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 So yeah. that's unfortunately the world we live in and, you know, and, and again, like I was saying, you'd read that, you'd see the, the headline and fucking hell, and then you'd yeah. read the article, it wouldn't even say anything about me and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, again, it is what it is and I can look back now and have a laugh, but, yeah, it was, it was probably the worst two years of my life for sure. As a guy that's been in the media for 33 years, and if you're listening to this, over the next couple of months, do take a look at a headline, then do read the story. You will be stunned by the amount of time there is absolutely no correlation between the headline and the actual guts of the story. Mate, um, what's next? Where to from here as the, the rebuilding continues? Yeah, so, um, and again, like I was saying, I'm, I'm blessed with some of the best mates. Like, they knew I was down. I, like, I was sort of working sporadically in the coffee shop, um, yep. just sort of not doing a lot, just surfing kids. I I sort of had a year off where I got to take the kids to the bus stop every day, pick them up every Lovely. day. I had a, like basically a quarter to gap year, but yeah. I was running out of money, you know. <laughs> so, um, and my mates, as they do, best mates come up and go, you want a job? Yeah, they've, they've started a building company. Yeah. That, they've, they'd sort of been open and operational for oh, four or five months sort of thing. And yeah. they're both, well, two of them had been in sort of insurance industries for a long time and sort of knew that building game inside and out. And they're like, oh, just come work in the office with us. <laughs> I'm like, I've never worked in the office before. I don't know anything about construction. I know what a house is and I know skirts and little bits and pieces but wouldn't know anything about it. So started in there and, you know, just like just learning the ins and outs. And I was like, this is pretty pretty cruisy, sort of working with my mates and have a couple of beers in the office every Arvo. So I was there for a week and then the floods hit. Oh. So, that yeah, my um, (laughs) welcome to the building game was sort of – yeah, ramp, ramped up pretty quick because yeah. we went from, yeah, like our office in Jindra flooded, like heaps of your mates' houses flooded. Like just it was uh, – that was a, a time as well, like it was devastating it was what was. I remember like, you know, you just go around and just help anyone, yep. you know, and um, I went and helped my brother out at Mullumbimby and then up to his mate's cabin in Wilson's Creek and okay, yeah. it was like this satisfaction you got of – like it, it was like no one was out looking for accolades or anything like no. that. And then, like, as we had the coffee shop, and we were the one town in uh, one shop in Cabar that was still open. We had FPOS 
And because um, all the all the power's down, like none of our phones work except Optus. So everyone's on Telstra because the reception's shit around here. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's on Telstra. So we're the only shop in in town that's open, and we're right like so. There's like sort of three main streets when you first come into Cabar that flooded, and we're on top of the hill at there. So it was wow. like the meeting place every morning for everyone, and then everyone would just go through the streets, help everyone get their stuff out. Isn't that terrific? And, yeah, we were just, like, you know, giving out coffees and people – because we couldn't get supplies in because all the roads were flooded, so all the other local businesses were giving us their stuff. So it was the community spirit, like – and it's it's the – you know, brings out the best and worst mm. in, in disasters because the, the human spirit and the, the willingness to help when, you know, you can't even help yourself – was like something yeah it was just this amazing feeling like because and then when the roads open we had businesses from tweed coming then you'd literally be on a street in the middle of nowhere someone would come past give you a beer here's a burger and you'd go back off and keep working it was just like the amount uh, of things like people banding together and just trying to help everyone was yeah i just had this feeling like i don't know it was weird it was like i, I didn't know like it felt like i changed in my mind like what i wanted in life sort of yeah. thing it was just like it's a lot of perspective mate yeah what it is yeah and then obviously yeah it's so much devastation like and it's like with the building company we're still stripping out houses now it's yeah 18 months later sort wow. of thing and still repairing and it's just like there's a lot of a lot of suffering still 261 nrl games a state of origin jersey tucked away safely a bloke that I've come uh, to call a mate and admire. You would do just about anything for your mates. You've made a mistake. You owned it. You've moved on. It's been a pleasure. Flash, Michael Gordon, you, sir, are a legend. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 